And here's what he, he said to me. He said, America, I've warned you of these days, a time of squeezing, pressure, and turmoil. You last these things off as natural or man-made, refusing to see my hand of judgment upon you. The days of Daniel, my prophet, are upon you and the whole world. Did you hear that? The days of Daniel. What was concealed is being revealed. And I've sealed up my mysteries till the last days, and they are surely upon you. Unprecedented times are upon you. My seals are opened and will be known to the earth. The evil one cometh, and his hordes with him. Like locusts, they will devour the land. War, famine, pestilence, plague, and the tempest will be the signs of his arrival. Lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. Listen to this very carefully, folks. The staff of bread will be broken. That's talking about money. And the proof of man's greed and insecurity will be revealed. Great rage is coming. The stock of men will fail, and so will their hearts. Warning, warning, warning. This is not a drill. This is not a game, says your God. These are the days of prophecies of old. They're unfolding before your eyes. Woe to those who reject my warnings. It would be better for him to have not known them than to know rejecting such great salvation in me. To my church, it is time to get your head out of the lap of Deliah and shake yourself from your slumber. Heavenly Father, thank you for these words today. I pray that this message will go far and wide, not for my sake, but for the sake of the kingdom of God and the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Help me to articulate these words, but Father, take them and penetrate the heart of man through the power of the convicting, convincing power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody everywhere said amen. Well, again, that's not a lullaby type of message for sure, and it's definitely not one to take lightly. And that is a message I encourage everybody listening to me here and watching right now to reread. It will be on our website as all these words are. We put it out to the world. We don't say a few things and hide them. You can look at them and pray over them and watch them come to pass in the season and time of God's will. But I encourage you to be praying because we're entering into a dimension of time that man has never known before. This isn't Star Trek, but we're going somewhere man has never gone before. We're going into some incredible seasons of distress. Now, I will say this in the beginning as a disclaimer, I ain't worried about it. Not good English, but as a Christian, I ain't worried about it because my God is in control. I said my God is control in a world that's out of control. But nonetheless, I need to know the word of the Lord. And so we have to preach this. And as I was spending time with the Lord, he said these words to me, warning, 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 three times. Obviously, it doesn't need definition, definition and defining. I think you understand what a warning is. But there's something about when God says it three times. If you look in the Bible and see where God has spoke three times, it is a sense of urgency. And for many people today, we are in a time of urgency, even though they don't act like it. And some of the church are the same. And so he took me to Jeremiah chapter 8, and I want you to go there. Jeremiah chapter 8, and I will preach this the best that I possibly can today. Warning, warning, warning. Again, most of our churches today won't preach these kind of messages 
because they're afraid to startle the sheep. Well, my brothers and sisters, I would rather you be aware with messages like this than for tomorrow to come and you can't see straight because of fear or what is coming down the line and you're not ready. That is never the will of God. Remember, prophecy is also preparation. Prophecy helps you prepare for something. Not to be dreadful, but to be faithful in what God is saying. Jeremiah chapter 8. Are you there? Let's begin this because God is prophesying through the great prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, about the coming invasion of Babylon. Babylon was coming to invade because of the deep sin of Judah, the deep sin of Israel, the deep sin of God's people. We're not talking about getting a speeding ticket or double parked or some type of misdemeanor. We're talking about high treason against God, a tremendous felony of the heart against the Father. And God had been pleading and pleading and pleading and warning and warning and warning them through prophets that he would judge them. But yet they continued to be steadfast in their sin. They continued to be uh, like that hard-headed individual and rebellious nation who says, I'm not going to listen to you. I know the way. I don't need you. And God, like a good father, says, okay, well, I'll turn you over to yourself and see how you and yourself do. Are you here? And then when you get to the end of yourself, then he allows the enemy to come in if you don't repent at the end of yourself. And that's where America is. We've come to the end of ourself. We don't have legislative knowledge and ability to change our country and our sin. We don't have the power of the mind of men and the wisdom and the cunning craftiness, if you will, to try to figure this thing out. So we're at the end of ourselves, and now the enemy has invaded. Is that okay? And so in my opening statements, we need to recognize and realize that we are in prophetic parallel of ancient Israel. Watch this in verse 1. At that time, what time? The time of evasion. Watch this carefully. Saith the Lord that they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of the princess and the bones of the priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. It was a habit of the Babylonians that when they went in, they would go in and rob the graves, number one, for gold and silver and treasures, but they also would go in there to make a mockery of the forefathers and make a mockery of the history. What is happening in America today with the fall of our Constitution, if you will, the treading upon the rights of America and all the things that you're seeing happen in our world and our nation are due to the enemy invading us and making a mockery of what we used to be because we used to be a Christian nation. We used to be one nation under the mighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now we're a nation under the plethora of gods. Is anybody with me today? The Babylonian, pagan, Egyptian gods. And therefore, our enemy has invaded us, and he's digging up the bones, if you will, of our past and making a mockery of it. That's why the national anthem doesn't seem like it used to seem to people in America. And waving the flag is a, a, a violation, an offense to many. And the Constitution is just another piece of paper. Somebody better help me. And all these other rights that we have seem to be trampled upon. It's not something from the political left or the political right, my friend. It is an invasion of the devil himself that is coming into the nation and making a mockery of our past, especially the Judeo-Christian past of being a believer, blood-bought, Holy Ghost, baptized in fire believer, has been made a mockery in the United States of America. And that, my friend, is when invasion has come to your nation. But we don't preach this because we preach it from a left and right 
paradigm of political mindsets and we're confusing the sheep and we're allowing our people to be deceived and not going after the devil who's the accuser of the brother but going after one another over a political entities and entities and situations in the political realm if you will I'm trying to be real cool and polite. I got a guest here this morning who's who's actually family, but just in town. Are you with me? And so that has caused the church to be confused and to hate one another and to divide one another because of a political agenda when you haven't been taught straight and taught right by your local preacher and pastor who should be telling you that there's a devil loose in America, there's a devil loose in our nation and around the world, and he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and the greatest way to do those things is to divide and to conquer. I wish I had somebody help me today. And this was the tactic of the Babylonians. And this is exactly the tactic of our enemy today. I was reading this. The Holy Spirit was just blowing my mind as I saw America and I saw our history and I saw all the battles and everybody fighting over what we used to be and what we want to be. And we're trying to take that template and put it into the future and all these different things. And it won't fit anymore because we have been invaded. It won't work anymore because we're being destroyed by an enemy. And the Bible says this would be the sign of the last days. This would be the conditions of men. But yet in America, we're trying to pick up Humpty Dumpty and put them back on the wall again. Is anybody here? Leave Humpty Dumpty alone and let's look for the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Let's look at the kingdom that is coming. You sound like you're giving up. No, I'm not talking about giving up. I'm looking at my enemy, and my enemy is not a politician. My enemy is not somebody in a suit. My enemy is not on the left or the right side of political ideology. My enemy is a devil. I said it's the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the serpent, the father of all lies. Not some lies, but all lies. Are you still in Jeremiah chapter 8? Good place to be. At that time, saith the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of his princes and the bones of the priests, come on, and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the old church and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the hosts of heaven whom they have loved, whom they have served, and after whom they have walked, and whom they have sought, and whom they have worshipped. And they shall not be gathered nor be buried, and they shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. My friends, the enemy has come to destroy the enemy has come to deconstruct, if you will, everything that man has tried to put together. It doesn't matter what nation I'm speaking to today, God has allowed the enemy to come in and do what he's doing because of the sin of humanity. All the past of man won't matter anymore. All your revolutions and all your wars and all of your victories and all your armament and all your bombs and all your bullets and all your warriors and all your armies will mean nothing against this enemy in the coming days. He's destroying it, and God has allowed him to do so. Warning, warning, warning. But we don't want to hear this message because we have a false hope, believing that we can turn things around. No, you can turn people around. I said you can turn people around and situations around, but you can't turn prophecy around. You can't turn the will of God around. You can't turn the, prophet, the purpose and the, of God and the prophets who have spoken and God who's promised. Oh, I wish I had a thousand tongues. Watch this. Are you still with me? This evil one, Satan, he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care nothing about our history. He doesn't care about anything. And sin, watch this now. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. I'm not, I'm not too certain you will. But sin gives him permission to destroy and dismantle our way of life. 
Sin gives them permission to dismantle and deconstruct the Christian lifestyle. You're watching it happen right before your very eyes. They're talking about it. Your highfalutin, high-powered elite preachers talking about deconstructing what they were taught in the past. Come on, somebody. It's the old rugged cross for me. I said, it's still the blood of the lamb for me. It's still the virgin birth for me. Still cry at the nativity scene. Is anybody with me? Porcelain, wood figurine, it don't make no difference. I remember the story of my king, born in lowliness and humility, but raised as a king of kings and lord of lords. Hallelujah. With the scars to prove his great love for humanity. Ah, oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. We don't sing about the blood. We don't preach about the blood. We don't plead the blood of Jesus no more. No, sir. But he's destroying, the enemy's destroying, dismantling Christianity in America. We don't understand this. This is not just another political skin and bone entities, but this is demon power. Look at verse 3. And death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family. Notice what God called them. I said he called them the evil family. Not the Adams family, the evil family. Who is he talking about? His own family. The ones that he married to. The ones that he gave himself to. He said, I call them an evil family. Why? Because they love death rather than life. Are you listening to me? We're living in an area and a time and an arena, if you will, where the spirit of death abides. Every time you turn on the television, somebody killing somebody. Somebody taking their life or taking the life of somebody else. Or a car accident, suicide. It's incredible the amount of death that is happening in our world today. Natural disasters and man-made disasters. Wars and rumors of wars. All of these conflicts of humanity. It's an absolute insanity what's happening in our world today. Did you know that in Ukraine war right now that over 500,000 casualties have taken place? I said that's over half a million people have already died and went into eternity. Some to heaven and some to hell. We don't know. And every single day, the Bible declares that hell hath widened her mouth to receive more. Well over 150,000 people die every single day. Are you listening? These are times where the spirit of death is upon the earth. Aren't you glad for life? I said, I'm glad for life. But death is everywhere. You can't even turn on the television. You can't even get on the Internet. You can't even watch anything anymore without hearing about death in our nation. It's absolute insanity. And it's not just big town metro. It's also little towns all around us. There's a devil loose. I said there's a devil loose. And he's given us a parallel prophetic understanding where we look at this and we see what happened with Israel is happening with us today. The very foundations are being destroyed. And then those which remain, he said, the residue, the residue are dealing with death. It's the spirit of death on the world. Verse 4, moreover thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord, Shall they fall and not rise? Isn't that normal? You fall and you rise? Shall he turn away and not return? If you get lost, don't you go back? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by our perpetual backslidden? God's saying, I don't understand something. You fall and you're supposed to get back up. You get lost and you return, but these folk don't want to do either. Are you listening? We would rather fall and stay down in the sludge and the sewage than to get up to an almighty God and say, God, help me. Perpetual backsliding. Just staying in the condition of not returning, being stiff-necked. 
and saying, I'm going to live the life I want to live. I'm going to just do this thing. I'm going to flaunt my life. I'm going to flaunt everything I have. If I got looks, buddy, I'm going to use it to the maximum. I'm, if I'm conniving and manipulating, I'm going to use it to the maximum. I'm going to do whatever I can to get what's mine, and if I hurt somebody in the process, I don't give a rip. Come on now. It's the mindset of many people, the mindset of many in our nation and around the world, including folks in the church, where the Bible teaches us that we should be last, and when we're last, we'll be first that we're to lay down our lives and when we do he'll pick it up again you see the kingdom of God is opposite of the world and that's why it's hard for the modern mind to receive it because you can't by mind receive this it's at imidity it's at argument it's at anger it's at uh, uh, division with God but when you're born again, is by the Holy Ghost, and you recognize and realize that I'm going to be all right. I said I'm going to be all right, and I'll be faithful and pay my tithe. I'm going to have my school loan paid off. Is anybody with me? Or my house paid off, or my car paid off, or just my light bill made. It sure be nice to go from great value bread to wholesome bread or wonder bread. Come on, Miss Sarah, help me. Great value tastes good, but there's something soft and squishy about Wonder Bread. You put that peanut butter right on top of that. Woo, like eating a cloud. Not cardboard. Is anybody a witness today? So it don't matter how high up your blessing is, some good bread would be nice. I wish I had somebody to help me. Cheddar cheese has got more cheese than cheddar. I mean, you know, the whole thing. I, I, grew, I grew up on great value, uh, you know, uh, no name. IG what? IGA, Piggy Wiggly. I mean, I'm going to get all kinds of letters now. But you know what I'm talking no, Just plain brown box. Huh? Dr. Thunder. When I was growing up, it was Dr. All my friends had Dr. Pepper. I had Dr. Thunder. They had metal yellow. I had yellow bubbles. <laughs> Somebody better help me. You remember them days. Yeah. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese without the cheese. Hey, just now... <laughs> I thank God for them days. Mama did the best she could raising five boys. I appreciate it. And it stuck to me today. But it's nice when I can go get some craft. <laughs> Amen. And if we're low that month, we'll go down to great value. That's all right with me. Or Dixie, whatever. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> talking about being humble. Amen. But they were perpetually back. They couldn't get out of it. And that's where America is. We are in a perpetual backsliding. And I'm going to show you a scripture that's going to blow you away in a minute. But we are in this position that we're stuck. Folks don't want to get out of the sin. They don't want to get out of the crack house. They don't want to be delivered. They just want to stay in the thing. Not all those people that get delivered all the time. We thank God for it. But the mindset is, I don't care about you, your God, your preaching, your church. You're all hypocritical. All y'all want is money. All these different things that we've heard over the years, and they're stuck. And now it's inside of the church where they can just do what they want to do. Hey, man, I'm saved by grace, man. I, I, yeah, I got saved when I was a little bitty boy. Yeah, I did all that, but now I do what I want. I play in the honky-tonks and, and different things and, you know, slip and slide once in a while. But, hey, I'm saved by grace. Come on, somebody help me. I throw a little change in during the Christmas season and all that and soothe my conscience. God knows who, who are his. He knows his children. 
I said, even in the last days, men will be marked by God. I want the mark, not the mark of the beast, but the mark of the lamb. Is anybody with me? That's the mark you ought to be looking for. That's the mark you ought to be striving for, is to be marked and painted by the blood of Jesus. Hey, he's, he's mine. She's mine right there. Uh, I'm with that church. I, I'm with them right there. Plead the blood of the lamb. We're marked for blessings. Watch this now, verse 6. I hearkened and heard. The Lord says, I'm listening. I hearkened and I heard, but they spake not aright. Just turn on your television station. Just turn on your TV. And the sewage, the absolute sewage that's coming out. And some of it's on Christian television. But you can't watch a normal program without craziness, ideology, propaganda, gender, gender identity, and all these other things thrown at you. It's almost impossible. Said, so I heard it. They don't want to speak right. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? What, I ain't done nothing wrong. What you talking about? Preacher, what you talking about? I ain't done nothing. I ain't killed nobody. I ain't stole from nobody. I, as far as I know, I've done all 20 commandments. See, they don't even know how many there are. <laughs> I, you know, I followed these rules. I've done good. What have I done? Come on now. And you know when you're the one that needs this when you resist the message. Even if I don't need to repent, I'm going to repent anyways. Lord God, don't let it be me. I don't want to be a backslider. I don't want to be stubborn as a mule. I don't want to be in your way. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to fall back and not return. God, here I am. It's me. I'm the sinner. I'm the one messed up. Help me. You ain't going to find many preachers say that because they're all perfect. Paulus and perfect. Not me. Come on, daily, daily, Lord, wash me. Cleanse me and make me right, God. Keep me from secret sins. Keep me from youthful lust and stupidity. What have I done? Everyone churneth to his course. Watch what he says. Everybody churns to their course, whatever they want to do. This is the way I do it. This is the way I believe. You can believe like you want to, preacher, but here's how I believe. Oh, the Bible, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yes, yeah, an ancient book, ancient historical writings. Uh, has a lot of fallacies in there, but yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's part of philosophy, too, that I was taught in college and higher education. Yep, that's just a book to put on the shelf. It can go next to the Quran. It can go next to this. It can go next to that. But, but it's not superior to any other ideology and philosophy of men because it was written by men, by the way. Are you listening to me? I don't have to abide by that because I now have my own rules and my own set of righteousness that's not based on word, but it's based on feeling. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get what's mine because it's mine. No, that's your beast spirit inside of you of the solical man of the flesh that can never be satisfied. Feed it, feed it, feed it until you OD. Feed it, feed it, and feed it until you come to death. That's what it will do. That's what the devil does. That's what the devil does to your body and your brains. That ain't just the attic I'm talking to. I'm talking to, talking to church folk. Eat your way out of anxiety. I'm preaching good today. I don't care if you're listening or not. It's the truth. You keeping Hagen Dawson, Basket Robbins, come on, somebody in business. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Praying and eating, eating and praying, praying and eating. Come on, folks. It's the truth. We do it. And God says, take all your cares and concerns to me, not your bowl of cereal or ice cream. Watch this. Listen to this very carefully. Everyone turned to his own course as the horse 
rushes into the battle. In other words, they're not just prancing their way. They running in the battle. They running into lifestyles and their course of sin. He's saying, watch this. Listen to me. He's saying to us today that the parallel is this, that mankind, when they come to the end of themselves, will no longer fall and get back up. They'll no longer get lost and return. They'll stay in that condition. They'll press towards that condition, and not will they walk into it. They won't crawl into it. They will run into it. And we are running into our sin. We are running into the abyss. We are running into witchcraft in America. We're running into homosexuality and lesbianism. We are running into pedophilia. We are running into pornography. We are running into drug addiction. We're running into alcohol and tobacco addiction and abuse. We're running into marital abuse, spousal abuse. We're running into these things. We're not just tippy-toeing and see, well, is this the right thing for me to do? No, we're diving into it. And preachers are the same. I said preachers are the same, being exposed. And come to find out they have this luxurious lifestyle nobody knew about. And a few wives and a couple spares. Is anybody with me? And we find out it's not just some little small thing they did. Now they got a plethora of things we're running into it today folks and can i tell you something i want to share a scripture with you that will help you it will give you understanding of why we are here why are we here in america why are we in this position what are the signs of the last days what is bringing us to this position and you will understand this i want you to go to daniel chapter 8 real quick we're not going to be long there we got work to do Daniel chapter 8, verse 23, I'm going to read this for you. You need to look at it yourself. And in the latter time of their kingdom. Now, this is the interpretation by the angel that was given to Daniel. We're under the times of Daniel now, where the unsealing of secrets and mysteries are being revealed. He was told to hold them for the last days. He partook of it. It was bitter and it was sweet. It's sweet and bitter. He didn't understand the totality, but God used an angel to show him. And here is what he's showing him. Are you ready? That in the latter time, which is now, of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full. The word transgressors means rioters. It means rebellious, and it means sinners. When they have come to their full or their completion. For watch this now. Look at me now. There's coming a time when there will be a completion of the sin of man. There'll come a time when the cup of the fury of God is full and overflowing. There's coming a time when man's end will be. Watch what he says next. Paul talked about it as well. He said it would be a great falling away first. But then he said, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark saying shall stand up. In other words, Daniel saw the Antichrist and he saw the final kingdoms. He did not understand it because it was impossible to understand. But in our day, we understand it. And so God, through the prophet Daniel, said, there's coming a day when man's sin will be full. What day is that day? You don't know, and I don't know. Not a man on this earth knows it. There's a day when God says, I've had it up to here. Man can go no farther, then tribulation comes. Again, Paul said there'll be a falling away first, then what happens? The revelation of the man of sin or the Antichrist. It's a complement to Daniel 8 and confirmation of the old prophet with a New Testament prophet, if you will, the Apostle Paul. So we're in that hour. And if people are wondering what's going on and telling you, well, we're going to fix it in 24 and this and that, just quote to them this and teach them just a minute. Just take Daniel 8, 23 and say, honey doll, when man is done, 
this thing is over. And we're running like a racehorse. We're, we're running like a war horse into it right now. And that is proof, positive of the fact, America, that we are closer to tribulation than we've ever been. That's why you know things are screwed up and messed up. That's why when you read things of catastrophes and disasters and men killing men and over 500,000 have died in the Ukrainian war and the massacre in Sudan and Dafar and Niger and other places that are happening and the soon bombing of Israel over Iran and their nuclear program where we now have over 3,000 Marines right now in the harm's way in the Middle East protecting the waterways. <laughs> Are you here today? We are on a tripwire. We are on a tripwire. And it won't take very much pressure to set this thing off. So I thought you might want to share that with your beloved family and friends. Just don't tell them it came from me because they might shut you off. Now back to verse 7 of Jeremiah and the regularly scheduled program. Verse 7, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 7. Yea, watch this now. The stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times. Talk to the bird brains now. And the turtle, or turtle dove, and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But look what he says next. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. I'm going to break these glasses. If they weren't four hundred dollars, I would. Hmm? The birds in the sky know when to get out of the winter and go hibernate or go somewhere like Florida. That's why I call them snowbirds. Is anybody with me? They know when to cover themselves because of what's coming and know how to return to their natural habitation, if you will. But he says, my people are dumber than a bird. My people don't get it. And that's why I preach the bird brains all the time. Because I look at people and say, you don't get this? You, do, you don't see what's happening in our country, in our world? You don't see how you're being lied to when you sow money and to help people get out of jail or stay out of jail? Or whatever they're doing. Come on. You don't see what's happening with the agendas in our schools. How they're destroying the teachers. The moral good teachers. And all that's happening. You can't see this. A bird's got more brains than you. I challenge you. To, you might get in a fight with somebody if you do that. But sometimes you just want to look at them and say, man, you're nothing but a bird brain. You don't get this, do you? A bird's smarter than you. My son's pug is better and smarter than you. Ain't that right, Judah? I mean, that dog's smart. But a lot of Christians, I don't know. Aditi in time, I don't know. I really can't tell. Let's just sit down and talk for a minute. Are you serious? And this was the indictment that God was speaking to Jeremiah about his own people. And God didn't want to do that, but he had to. And he has an amazing way of bringing us to our senses. He has amazing ways of rebuking us. It's actually very funny. I think it's funny. When I read this, I said, man, that bird's more than you. A penguin. Smarter than most church folk. Penguins don't live in Miami. Maybe the zoo, but they don't live in Miami by nature. Why? They don't belong down there. And we live in sin, and we don't belong there. Man wasn't made for sin. Man can't handle sin. I can't handle sin. I can't handle my own flesh without God. Because without God, I want to run wild. I want to, I want to run buck naked, if you will. Don't you? Yes. Without Christ, you would, because you did, you hippie thing, you. Is anybody with me? 
All we wanted to do was party. It's the truth. But then we, you know, we <laughs> let me let me let me go on. Let, let me just go on. I was gonna go somewhere, I don't need to go. Watch this. Verse 8. Look what he says. How do you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? This is, she's talking to church folk. You say you're wise and you got the law with you, but you're you're dumber than a bird. Lo, certainly in vain made he it, the pen of the scribes in vain. He's like, look, let me show you what he's I made this in vain. He's talking to the backslidden church. He said, I made this in vain. I wrote this in vain. My scribes wrote this in vain because you don't follow it. You won't be like the bird and read it and recognize the warnings thereof. This word is vanity to you. It's vain. It's empty. It's powerless to church folk. If you don't follow the word, it's vanity to you. And that may offend you, but sitting inside of a house doesn't make you a believer. And it sure don't make you a disciple. Doing the word and the will of God, that's a believer, that's a disciple, and that makes this word powerful. Not sitting on your shelf somewhere in the back of your car. See, I don't feel like today, but I love you. <laughs> I'm going to shake my hand when I get done with this. I and pat myself on the back. For what reasons, I don't know. Listen to me. He's rebuking them sharply. They had the covenant. They had the temple. They had everything. They had the word of the Lord. And the scribes. In fact, this is the first place ever scribes are mentioned as a profession in the Bible. Right there is the first spot. And he says, I made them for vanity. It's vain. It's vain for you to come in the house of God and not obey. Man, I want to preach this thing. What's this was Tuesday the 29th. It's vanity to come into the house of God and not believe that word. Not live that word. Preach that word. Pray that word. Read it sometime. It's amazing. And people get mad and say, well, how dare you? I've been a Christian for so long. Soul? If you've been a Christian so long, you ought to know this by now. You hold the words of the living God in your hand. And we treat it with, with disdain. It's just a book. Uh, yeah, a book to you. It's my life source. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Watch what he said. He said, I didn't say this. Verse 9, the wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed. And they are taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord. That's what he's talking about. You made it vain and you rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is in them? You ain't got no, these guys that up here, in the, you know, big theologians, and they talk all kinds of philosophies and tripe and trash. Don't ever quote scripture, just talk, you know, the gospel of Ophrey Winfrey and the gospel of Dr. Phil. And anybody else they can come up with and some get-rich scheme, whatever they do. And they're singing lullabies and making the church go asleep while the Titanic sinks. And warning, warning, warning's being flashed. The economy's going to fail. The stock market's going to crash. We're going to have great tragedy and chaos in the coming days. Things happening in the heavens. The earth shaking. The earth quaking and moaning and groaning, Romans 8, for the manifestation of the sons of God. And we're listening to these preachers that are giving tripe and trash out. I'm feeling good today. What wisdom is in them? Verse 10, therefore will I give their wives unto others and the fields to them that shall inherit them. For every one from the least, even to the greatest, is given to covetousness. He couldn't find anybody straight. That's pretty heavy duty. Come on now. 
you ought to lift your hands up and say, God, I'm straight. Help me where I'm crooked. I'm straight. Help me where I need to work on some stuff. I'm straight. I want to be straight. Make me straight. Get me as straight as an arrow, Lord, to where you could use me and shoot me out of your bow. Find any crooked way in me. Let me know, Lord, and let's stomp this thing out together. See, we don't pray that. No, we're perfect. He's talking to somebody else. I don't know why he's preaching this. It don't belong to me. It's not for me. It's for everybody. From the prophet even to the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. He couldn't find anybody. They're all a bunch of liars. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly. Watch this. Put a band-aid where a tourniquet belongs. How? By saying, peace, peace. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. Those folks that are telling you we're out of here and all that, we ain't going to face no, no destruction and none of these things, they're saying, peace, peace peace to you and they're helping you right now get through some of the hard times but where are they going to be when they find out that ain't the truth you better find somebody who's steadfast unmovable and believes the word of God and knows that we're going to be rocking and reeling but we're going to stand upon that rock that don't roll we're going to stand upon that rock of ages is anybody here and stand on truth God gave us an endurance mechanism for a reason, not to get out of here, but to endure. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. I got to go. I got to go. You're getting nervous. Watch what he says here. There will be no peace. Were they ashamed, verse 12, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nope. King James says, nay. Ben Fairclough says, nope. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. That's right. We've come to the place in America where sin, sex, and flesh, ain't nobody ashamed of it. If you got it, flaunt it. Zip it down a little bit and let it hang out. Let it jiggle, baby, if you need to. That's how you get your way. That's how you get promoted. Some of you ladies still in the office world, you know I'm telling you the exact truth. You better believe it. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me just move on. See, we can't talk frank in the church, but we'll watch it on TV. We'll let Hollywood tell us. No, run from it. Flee from it. Cover yourself up. Nobody needs to know. Because everybody's got them. See, we don't teach modesty anymore in the church. Oh, pastor, now you're getting into dress codes, and now you're getting old-fashioned. How about a little modesty? That goes a long way. Watch this. See, see people getting mad now. Hmm. We don't blush no more. Nah, that's beauty. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall in the time of their visitation. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Verse 13, I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. And there shall be no grapes or the, on the vine, nor figs <clears throat> on the fig tree, or on the leaf shall fade, and the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Verse 14, why do you... We sit still. Assemble yourselves and let us enter into the defense cities and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God hath put us to silence and given us water of gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. Well, you finally waking up a little bit. It's amazing how judgment brings people somewhat to their senses. Verse 15, we looked for peace, but no good came. So in other words, the repentance was quasi. The crying out was because of the judgment and the harvest of judgment. But it wasn't because of their regretfulness of their sin and of a heartfelt repentance. In other words, they're faking it so they can make it. And for the time of health, behold, trouble. The snorting of the horses was heard from Dan. The whole land trembled. 
on the sound of the nighing of the strong ones. For they are come and have devoured the land. He's talking about the Babylonian armies and how they would come with their horses and it would thunder through the valleys and the people could hear them coming. Could you imagine the sounds of that as it was in Nazi Germany and other war-torn places of an enemy coming? The problem is with America and the American churches, they're already here marching and you can't hear the sound of them because your music's too loud. Your partying is too loud. The pursuit of your life is too loud. Even listening to the tripes of preachers is too loud. You need to listen to the word of the Lord. You need to listen to the Holy Ghost and to that Bible in your hands because he'll lead you during a time of invasion. For I, verse 17, for behold, I will send serpents. Who said that? God said that. For I will send serpents, cockatrices among you, which will not be charmed. Now, here's what I want to preach. The rest was just introduction. I'm going to send these demons. I'm going to allow these entities. I'm going to allow these destroyers to come in, and you can't charm them. No matter what you give to the devil, it ain't enough. Well, I'll give you my soul. That ain't enough. I want your flesh. Well, I'll give you my soul and I'll give you my flesh. That ain't enough. I want your family. I'll give you my soul, my flesh, and my family. That ain't enough. I want your nation. It is never enough. The horse leech, the Bible declares, cries, give, give. It's never enough. Look it up sometime. You can't quench it. You can't quench fire as it consumes and consumes and consumes and consumes. He said, I'm going to allow this thing to happen. I'm going to allow these enemies to come in, and you can't charm them. Well, we're just going to legislate ourselves out of this situation. You can't charm them. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to raise the mortgage rate, and we're going to do this over here. We're going to cut this. You can't charm this devil. Well, we're going to send a couple of military units over here, and we're going to send some cluster bombs and some F-16s. Come on. We're going to try to fix this with our own human ability. You can't charm this devil. He's coming for what is his. And the Bible here allows it to happen. God allows it to take place. See, America, you don't recognize and realize that. There is no political entity that can stop the serpents that are here. I didn't say you don't try to make a better life. What I'm telling you is don't be a fool and follow after man. He can't do you no good. And they shall kiss you. See, you're not reading your Bible with me. They shall bite you. Saith the Lord. No, that, that, that won't happen to me. Oh, that, 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 no, no, not me. You don't know who I am. I'm a snake charmer. That, that thing don't bother me. I ain't afraid of no snake. <laughs> you hear it all the time. People got pet snake. Next thing you know, they're dead. I don't know why that python choked him or whatever. Whatever it is. Snakes don't belong there. They belong in your shoes or on your belt. Judy's like, they don't belong nowhere near me. Not even in a handbag. I agree. Are you here? But no, it can't happen to me, see, because you don't know who I am. You don't know the generation we're in. We're the generation of AI. We're the generation of technology. We're the generation of World War II. We're the generation. We're, we're people. We're stronger than our forefathers. We're smarter than our forefathers. We can charm this thing. He said, no, I'm going to let him bite you. So you're not seeing this. God says, I will let them do this to you. Why? What's the opening salvo? Sin. Not God, he's a bad God. He's a great God, good God, loving God, faithful father, faithful friend. 
but it's the sin, the continuous backsliding, and the perpetual sin that allows God to bring judgment. Because you don't know what else to do. There's nothing else to do. He's tried everything. Paul said there's times when you turn somebody over to Satan. And that's a heavy-duty spiritual warfare. I'm not going to get into that right now. But there are people and times when you just say, Lord, I turned this person over. I, I can't do anything else. I've done all that I possibly can. Let this rebuke turn their heart. Let them fall as far as they need to because apparently they can't receive grace and they can't receive mercy. Then from their back, let them look up. That's the greatest act of mercy. Yeah, you're just mean. Well, you don't know the Bible. You don't know, you don't know the depth of God's love. He's not worried about this physical aspect of a man. He's worried about his eternity. And if he has, has to allow affliction to come to the temporal part of man, he will for the sake of the saving of the soul. And that's so mature, most Christians can't get it because they're, they're Gerber Christians. Fat little cheeks eating applesauce. Cute little things, aren't they? They shall bite you, saith the Lord, verse 13, 18. And when I, when I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in here? In, in her? Where is he at? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images? This is the people in America saying, where's God at? Where's, where's God at? God's always been where he's been. He said right here, because of your graven images, you brought me to anger. America, this is, this is easy to understand. I don't know what your problem is. I just don't understand what the church problem is. A, a baby can read this and understand it. I'm finishing. I'm running out of real estate. When they have provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities, verse 20, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. In other words, we've already gone through harvest, we've gone through judgment, and we're still not saved. For the hurt of my daughter, of my people, am I hurt? Jeremiah is saying, I'm black. Astonishment hath taken hold of me. In other words, sackcloth and ashes. He's not rejoicing in this. Anybody that rejoices in a message like this, with a stock market that's going to fall, our economy that's going to crash, it's already happening in China, and it's going to reverberate here to America in the coming time frame. And all of this that God is weighing in his balances and that cup is overflowed, and when he's ready, it will happen? Who could rejoice in that? Who could even rejoice in that? You can't if you have a heart after God. Watch what he says in closing. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Here's, here's what it means. You ready for this? I'm going to close with it. I promise you. Is there no bomb in Gilead? In Gilead, there was healing bomb. It was medicine. It was one day's journey away from where they were. And they couldn't even make the journey there. And what he's saying, in essence, is I'm right here. I'm just a journey away from you. I'm your healing bomb. I am your great physician. I'm right here. All you got to do is make that journey to me, and I'll fix you. And man in his stiff-neckedness, if you will, and his rebellion will not. Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? That's my question to you. With such great love that God has for his humanity, for creation, for men, why are you not healed today and your heart made right with God? With the warnings that have been spoken about here and what's happening live in our life, that's not enough yet for you to call upon a mighty God and to be forgiven. Maybe you can take a picture of the cross and see it. Jesus died for everybody listening to me right now. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, why reject the bomb of Gilead? Why reject the great physician when today you can be healed 
and your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is that simple. If you're backslidden, this message has hit you, and you've been part of those who look at the Word with vain disdain, and you haven't used it for the power that it is, today is the day to make it right with God. He's offering his mercy and grace to you. Why don't you come get it? Father, thank you for what you're doing in us. I pray that this message goes far and wide, that men and women across this planet would be warned, and we'd be ready to seek you in a time when you still can be found. In Jesus' name, amen.